Chuck! God damn it, we need to have a fucking conversation. What is this Sunshine Buddies nonsense? I'm gone for three weeks. Three weeks out shooting a movie. And now I come back to this nonsense? We have a split championship, the worst gimmick in all of wrestling. And you've got you've got the, the booking committee in on this stupid bullshit? Come on, dude. Well, first of all, this doesn't sound like a conversation. This just sounds like you yelling at me. However, I can see your point as far as uh, Erica being a part of the the Triple Weight uh, Sunshine Buddies Championship. That that is definitely something that uh, feels a little off. However, we've worked towards now. We've got you know the, we have gotten one champion. Justin is now the the one champion, which is something that your legal team demanded. So I'm hoping that this week I can get you possibly to compete once again instead of just shitting all over wrestling every week? You know, you're lucky I'm in a good mood and I'm feeling like taking my championship back, all right? Because here's here's the deal. Here's the stipulation. This week, again, no ties, has to be a champion, okay? The I And, and you know what? I'm coming for Justin. Let's fucking go! It sucks. All of it sucks. It's stupid. This is the worst piece of shit in wrestling. Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. This is the saddest episode of the show ever. You're just lucky that I didn't come up, come back under my new Retribution name, uh, Dick Nuts. Yeah, this sucks. It's boring. Oh, yeah, Chuck. Uh, we were talking about before. Um, <laughs> great to have you back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. My name is Chuck Bean. I am your host, typically joined by Miss Erica Bennis. However, this week she is out. Uh, the, the, she could not be medically cleared. That's a joke. Um, for, for this week's One Fall Show, but I am confident that I can keep things under wraps because we've got You're our a joke, old... Chuck. <laughs> we've got our old format back, that being that I have three panelists who will be answering questions and talking about the week that was in professional wrestling. The voice you've already heard, who uh, has moved to the front of the line as far as introductions, is uh, one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Shawnee Constant. Sunshine Buddies in the house. How's it going, everybody? What's up, champ? How are you doing this week? I'm fantastic, champ. How are you? You're still champ in my book, by the way. Oh, man, I appreciate it. I'm doing great. I got to appear on uh, on Nate's uh, little um, uh, fantasy. How, why don't you, rather than embarrass uh, myself by not remembering the title, why don't you tell us? You, you know, I... I... I was I was actually going to put you over in my in my introduction this week, but uh, that's fine. I'll, I'll I'll just take it over over on the One Fall Show YouTube channel. You can find the One Fall Show WWE 2K19 Super Universe. We've got four episodes up already, and this week we had a very special guest, Shawnee Constant, in the booth with us. Here's here's basically the rundown. It is a modded WWE 2K19, because 2K20 was trash, and uh, what we do is we have made current rosters, mostly current rosters, for uh, SmackDown, Raw, 205 Live, NXT, and even AEW. Uh, we've also made our own characters and put them in the game, so... 
you should go and check that out because this week had a very important championship matchup. It was a, a very exciting show. Well, those are the voices that I was going to introduce you to, that uh, that being of Shawnee Constant, Nate Bender, and our triple weight Sunshine Buddies podcast champion, Mr. Justin Valentine. This week, they will be fighting in a triple threat for that championship in our game show that uh, is also a discussion of wrestling and the week that was. Uh, we'll have three rounds, each of them consisting of three questions, questions worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively, unless otherwise uh, noted. Correct answers and that a player full points. And if the player is unsure of an answer, an entertaining answer is always worth a point at least before we move it on to somebody. Also, people have a count of five before uh, they there to answer a question. And I will be counting to five because I get shit when I don't. Are you all ready? Always. Yeah, yeah. All right. As the uh, as the champ, Justin, I will let you begin. We've got three categories for you to choose from. The Wednesday Night War, news and notes from around the ring, and of course, the Thunderground Underdome of Raw and SmackDown. I'm going to go with, and Nate, you can jump in, Smacked Raw. All right. Here we go. For our first question, a uh, rumored COVID outbreak last weekend caused some major changes to WWE's Clash of Champions card. For one point, name either of the matches that had to be scrapped. So this this question has two correct answers. You just need to hit one of them. Uh, I think I can hit both. Uh, Nikki Cross and Bailey, and then uh, the other one was Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax against the Riot Squad. Yes. That is absolutely correct. So that uh, shook up the card for last week's uh, WWE Clash of Champions a little bit. Also shook up Monday Night Raw. I don't know if any of you guys noticed, but we were missing anything with Retribution and Raw Underground this week. Did we miss either of those things not being on Raw? Uh, Raw Underground, no. I'm not going to say I miss Retribution, but at the same time, it's been a big part of Raw. So for something like that to be just casually absent is always a little something but raw hasn't been good for a minute so i don't think i can say i missed anything from that show even though i watched it all i think uh, raw not being good for a minute is an understatement as good as smackdown is right now and i think it is absolutely excellent raw is bad and i'm not going to watch it until i see what shakes down with the draft uh, i'm not expecting that the draft is going to make me particularly happy but i'm going to realign my viewing habits at that time i didn't miss raw underground not not a bit and retribution can fuck right off. All right. I thought I knew the answer to that question and I wasn't far off. Let's go to our second question here. Justin, you still have control of the board and you've got uh, a, a question that is actually worth four points because it has four answers in it. After losing the ambulance match at last weekend's Clash of Champions, Randy Orton exacted revenge on some WWE legends that interfered in the match by shutting out the lights and beating him up while he's wearing night division goggles for one point each. Name the legends that interfered in his match. Uh, that would be Christian, Shawn Michaels, The Big Show, and Ric Flair. There you go. Four more points on the board for you, putting you at a total of five. Let's talk about Clash of Champions. There were some real high points in uh, last weekend's pay-per-view. Also some fairly low points. What was everybody's pretty much favorite match? I wasn't excited about Clash of Champions going in. I said that last week just because none of the matches really made much sense. Favorite match? Um, it has to be the ladder match. I mean, to open up the show, even Sami Zayn went on Twitter and said, you know, it was his one of his favorite matches, if not his favorite match. Um, he called it one of the greatest ladder matches of all time. I don't know if I go that far, but it was 
tremendous. Shawnee, you've been talking about the IC title picture with those three and how good it is. And that match really culminated everything you were talking about. So yeah, easily that match. Yeah, I expected that ladder match to be excellent, and it exceeded my expectations, and I was so excited to see Sammy go over, because I did not think that that was going to be a part of the plan, and uh, boy, we see KO perhaps moving over to SmackDown. I would love to see a fight forever streak. That ladder match was the best match, singular match, that I've seen since the beginning of the pandemic. I thought it was that good. I've seen so many goddamn ladder matches and I feel like I've seen every single spot. And the only spot in the entire thing that really felt like a repeat was the Swanton off of the gigantic ladder through the bridged ladder. That's it. That was the only spot that felt a little bit stale. Everything else was really unique, was really inventive, and I was super into it. And I loved the fact that that Sammy went over. Um I think he's a phenomenal uh heel champion. And I think that that was the absolute absolute right booking decision. There is one other thing that I want to bring up, and that's about Randy Orton wearing quote unquote night vision goggles when he went in to go beat up the legends. Those weren't actually night vision goggles. Those were welders goggles, which make very bright things much darker. They're like the ultimate pair of fucking sunglasses. So none of that shit made sense. By the way, he left the arena of his own volition. He left of his own volunteering. He did, No one was looking for him. Why was he in disguise? The whole thing was fucking stupid front to back. I hated it. Uh, you know, just like WWE always does, the real hero of that segment was the cameraman who caught all his nefarious actions, and yet uh, he gets no credit whatsoever. Right? Like, where? <sighs> it's it's so frustrating to watch this television show because I'm not 12 years old. Like, I can, you know, like, yeah, there's a cameraman right there. They cut to another shot where there was a cameraman already in the fucking room, and he pans to Randy. Uh, it's just the worst. It's the worst. Uh, well if there was a correct answer about that clash of champions uh question it was absolutely that ladder match i agree with you guys that uh saw some stuff in 20 years of watching wrestling that i had not seen in a ladder match when aj pitches that ladder from the floor at Sami Zayn, who's up on the ladder in the ring i thought wow that could have went wrong in so many ways and didn't and the same thing with jeff hardy getting sandwiched in the ladder yeah, he was yeah. balancing it going over the top rope. That could have gone horribly bad. Yeah, there were a couple of spots in there that really could have gone the other way. I think my favorite one was actually the handcuff through uh, Jeff Hardy's ear. That's finally a great use of Jeff Hardy's ridiculous ear piercing. <laughs> also makes you cringe quite a bit when somebody starts screwing with the big hole in his ear. Yeah, All right, yeah. Justin, you've got an opportunity to uh, take the entire round here. With this third question, Shawnee mentioned the draft earlier this Friday. We're going to see the beginning of the 15th WWE draft in history uh, for for three points. Name the very first draft picked from the very first draft in 2002. Holy shit. Um, um, from 2002. The Rock. That is correct. For three points, The Rock was actually drafted to SmackDown as the very first draft pick back in 2002. 
normally when the draft comes up, I am super excited because you're going to be shuffling the deck a little bit and it's going to be interesting to see what new rivalries and where people are going to end up. This is the first draft that I am actually dreading because I'm afraid they're going to take some of my favorite parts of SmackDown and move them to the show that I already don't like. What do each of you, uh, like, what is one shift from one show to another that each of you would like to see during the draft this Friday and the following Monday? I would say the one that we already kind of mentioned, I want to see Kevin Owens on SmackDown. He's way too good to be stuck on a horrible show like Raw. SmackDown, like Shawnee mentioned, has been so good for a minute and Raw has been so bad for a minute. And they probably put a little more effort into it because they're on Fox. And if you're going to continue on with that, it makes sense to have a talent like KO in the ring, on the mic, everything about him. I would love to see KO on SmackDown. And in exchange for KO, ship fucking King Corbin and Sheamus' ass back to Raw. Let's put all the cartoon characters on Raw. That's the move I want to see. I don't know. I, I, I think that stacking all of your best talent on one show is a mistake. And I think Raw's real detriment right now is the booking and the writing. It's not very good. So it's not really the talent that are are carrying or not carrying the show. It's just really really bad creative decisions i don't really have a preference on who goes where i don't really care i hope they don't fuck up nxt too much that's my big concern is that we know nxt is a part of this draft if hunter knows anything about the draft he's not saying anything um so that's just that's my concern is that nxt is just going to get absolutely gutted of talent and the one thing I'll say, I know you don't want to put all the talent on one show. Raw's been so bad. I just want to see a stupid amount of changes on Raw, like crazy changes. Because if we get most of the same main names on that roster, we're going to see the same bullshit writing on that show. Hopefully Underground being off is a way for them to push it away. And then the draft comes up and we can just silently act like it never happened and just have a ton of changes move drew mcintyre for all i care like just change the damn show everything randy orton whoever i want to see something brand new from this draft because raw needs it way more than smackdown yeah i'm just terrified that they're going to move either alexa bliss or the fiend over to raw because they would probably ruin them either or both of them all right after the first round we've got justin in the lead with eight points and uh, Shawnee and Nate yet to get on the board. But you know what? It's anybody's game, as Erica likes to say, as we move into the second round. Shawnee, I will let you take control of this round as you and Nate are both at zero. You've got the Wednesday Night War and news and notes from around the ring to choose from. What would you like? Oh, let's go with the Wednesday Night War, Chuck. Sounds good to me. So speaking of uh, Wednesday nights and NXT, of course, we've got an NXT takeover to look forward to just a couple hours after we're recording this episode. Uh, on the ta- on the go-home show for tonight's TakeOver 31, what two champions lost to the Garganos in the main event? I have no idea, Chuck. No? Did you not, did you not see NXT this week? I haven't seen NXT in several months, Chuck. I, I apologize. All right, Nate, here's your opportunity to uh, steal some points away from uh, Shawnee and get on the board. What two champions lost to the Garganos in the main event of NXT this week? That would be women's champion Io Shirai and North American champion Damian Priest. Absolutely. That's uh, that's absolutely what happened. So, like I said, NXT TakeOver is coming up in just a couple hours after we get done recording this. As always, NXT TakeOvers have a pretty solid card, and this one is no different. Is there a match that you guys are looking forward to tonight? 
No, actually, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I do want to see the Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly. That is actually the fascinating thing about NXT is that you can tune out for a lot of it and then show up for a takeover and still be very entertained. Yeah, that's not to say I'm not looking forward to the show. I absolutely am. It's just there's not a single match on here where I'm like, that's the one I got to see. Well, and, yeah. and there's not really a story to follow. You can also show up for a takeover and be caught up within three hours of what's been going on on NXT. That's, that's true. There's no story behind any of these matches. They were put together within the last two weeks of Battle Royals and Gauntlet matches. All right. Well, while we're talking about NXT, let's move on to NXT UK. They began an eight-person tournament uh, as the show is returned this week. Each match is contested in a two out of three falls and consists of six three-minute rounds, which is extremely interesting. What's the prize at the end of this tournament, Nate? That's the NXT UK Heritage Cup. Absolutely. Like I said, these uh, matches put together in uh, six three-minute rounds, best two out of three falls. It's very uh, interesting kind of uh, match style. Is there a particular kind of gimmick match that uh, is each of your guys' favorite? Uh, the Iron Man match. And in fact, I, I've been watching the Raw leading up to uh Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart is my favorite match of all time. It was what made me a wrestling fan. So, yeah. It, uh, just kind of reliving that whole buildup. I was like, yeah, this is the shit. I used to, and it would be the TLC match. The problem is, you know, this far down the line of using them, we see the same spots in all these matches that it's tough to say, that's my favorite. This is my favorite. I'll say the ladder match, you know, I, it's, I, I guess because of what we saw at Clash of Champions, because I feel like that we get the most unique spots out of ladder matches than any other gimmick match that we see. Yeah, I think because of familiarity, uh, I'm going to go with the new one. What was it? The fighter pit or whatever the hell it was that Riddle fought uh, homeboy with the jank teeth in. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what they called that match, but that was a cool cage. I love that thing. And uh, I know we can get a lot more interesting stories told there. All right, Nate, here's your opportunity to score three more points and pretty much take the entire Wednesday Night War category. Let's move on to AEW. Cody Rhodes has had some huge moments as we uh, close out the first year of AEW Dynamite this coming Wednesday. He's got a dog collar match coming up against uh, against the TNT champion. And on the one-year anniversary of AEW Dynamite, he did an interview with Variety where he said that there was one spot this year that he should not have been allowed to do. What was that spot? Uh, this was, by the way, an excellent interview, too. I recommend it for everyone. That's the moonsault off the top of the cage. Yep, that's what I've got here. The moonsaults off the cage against Wardlow. And he was quoted as saying he never should have done it, and he still has nightmares because the cage was too tall, and he's not been the same since he hit the ground and told Brandy that he might have had a mini heart attack. I have a question. Hang on. Didn't he literally do the moonsault off the top of the cage in WWE and broke his friggin' arm? That's a good question. I do not recall. I'm pretty sure he did, because if he has nightmares about this one, I got to wonder what kind of nightmares he has about breaking his arm. But it's interesting to think that um, we've gotten through a year of uh, AEW Dynamite, that it's been exactly a year since we've been given AEW Dynamite. What have been some of the highlights for you guys as far as having Wednesday nights be AEW Dynamite now? I think the main one, just because I haven't been a big fan of the writing of AEW, I think it's just to have the competition between AEW and NXT uh, and having them on the same night consistently. I think going into AEW Dynamite, I said the one thing I was worried about is them having to put 
a consistent show on weekly, both writing wise and match wise and keeping it fresh because for a while they would just have one event every few months. And it's easy to make that fresh when you have a few months to put it together. Uh, so I, I like the competition though in the end. And I think they've at least survived as much as I haven't been the biggest fan of it. I think they've gotten, gotten through the first year and hopefully it's up from here because honestly the storyline in AEW to me is sometimes inconsistent, confusing, random, and doesn't make much sense to me uh, from one week to another. A couple of the things that I've really enjoyed are uh, uh, seeing Dustin Rhodes, you know, he puts on um, uh, sparse matches, but he puts on pay-per-view quality matches, which frankly, watching the last few years of his gold dust character, I did not think that he was physically capable of anymore. I think that watching the dark order slowly grind their way from being a, uh, as Nate said early in the show, uh, in the series here, a, a jobber faction into something that has my interest. And then, uh, most recently a thing that we harp on all the time, uh, the introduction of Eddie Kingston has been phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. Eddie Kingston, even though he hasn't been used to, I think, his best ability, um, Lance Archer, I think he's going to be a bright spot for AEW moving forward. I've also uh, really, really enjoyed absolute Ricky Starks. That was someone who you guys told me to be on the lookout for ever since he debuted in AEW. And his work with Brian Cage and Team Taz has been probably my favorite thing out of AEW so far. And man, Ricky Starks can sell like a champion. He's so great uh, at his salesmanship. Darby Allen also, it just it, in general, over the entire first year, watching him become a star has been really, really cool. Well, and I, I'll say too, I know he hasn't done much yet, but Miro showing up there, formerly known as Rusev, to me was their best move, in my opinion, to get that guy because that guy's a superstar that was never used the way he should have been in WWE. So getting him in AEW to me was a top move. Great answer, champ. Thanks, champ. Ugh. Yeah, you were correct about that. Uh, I was looking it up while we were talking here. Cody Rhodes did a backflip off the steel cage uh, back in 2014 on Monday Night Raw, and it straight up broke his arm. Uh, yeah, it's his uh, it's his knee, I believe. Oh, really? That he gets absolutely wrecked on. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah, I knew he had some really bad injury from it. Yep. So good memory there, Nate. All right. At the end of uh, two rounds, we've got a tie for first place between Nate and Justin with Shawnee yet to get on the board. So, Sean, you've got your first crack at the third and final round of this week's One Fall Show. Our news and notes from around the ring. Are you ready? Oh, you're as ready as I'm going to be, sir. All right. This Tuesday, Heath Slater's finally going to sign his contract with Impact Wrestling after having a non-sanctioned match with Rhino against Reno Scum at Victory Road this weekend. What other social outcast did he uh, tell TV Insider that he tried to get into uh, Impact Wrestling? I hope it's Bo Dallas, Chuck. I, you know, I wish it was Bo Dallas because I love Bo Dallas and I have not seen him on TV in a long time, but it unfortunately is not the correct answer. Uh, I'll throw it to Justin because uh, he didn't get a crack at the last round. Who did? Uh, which social outcast did he try and get in uh, the impact zone with him? Uh, that would be Curtis Axel. Yes. Also known as Joe Henning. Um, we've seen a lot of people, obviously, s since the releases 
back in March uh, move over to the Impact Zone or to uh, AEW? Is there anybody that you would like to see come back to the WWE? I mean, it's tough to say that because WWE is famous for ruining returns and debuts and call-ups and such. So, I mean, unless it's on SmackDown, uh, you don't really beg for people to come back to WWE. You almost try to push them somewhere else where they can be a star. But if I had to choose one, I will say Bo Dallas. I'm a huge fan of Bo Dallas, and that is a character um, that has it in the ring. He's charismatic, and he could play a couple different roles, right, when he was the overly happy one. And then when there was rumors about him joining Bray Wyatt and being, I could see him in that type of role as well. So I think he's got a lot of different options as to character-wise. I think he's good in the ring. So I would love to see Bo Dallas back on TV somewhere if it isn't WWE. No, I can't think of anyone. All right, Justin, you've got an opportunity to continue to uh, grab points this round for two points. During an appearance with Busted Open Radio, Edge spoke on learning his first real professional wrestling lesson while he was in the ring from what current AEW superstar? I saw this headline and I did not read too much into it. A current AEW superstar. I'm going to take a guess. I got to keep in mind of who he's worked with, who's in AEW right now. Oh, you know what? I think I did say, wait, Billy Gunn? It is unfortunately not Damn. Billy Gunn. Good guess, though. Absolutely good guess. Uh, we'll kick it over to uh, we'll kick it over to Shawnee. Do you have a guess on this one? I'm gonna guess Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes, another great guess, but unfortunately not the answer I have here. Nate, for two points, who did uh, Edge learn his first in-ring professional wrestling lesson from? Uh, listen, I question the term superstar, but it was Luther. Yes, absolutely. He was quoted saying uh, Luther had been to Japan and in all these other places. So while they were working, uh, he called a spot and Edge wanted to do it immediately. And Luther told him, well, pump the brakes, make sure you've got it. And he was like, oh, so you don't have to do a spot right away. You just have to know what's coming next. And that was uh, what he was saying. They spotlighted Luther on AEW this week, too, saying that he had trained with what, Chris Jericho? Yes. Well, that uh, Chris Jericho's one of his earliest feuds was with Luther on the indies. So this this week, him doing a tag match with Luther and Serpentico is like kind of like a full circle moment since they're also celebrating 30 years of, of Chris Jericho and he gets to revisit one of his very first feuds. This has the potential to be a ton of fun. Uh, I really don't know what Luther brings, but I'm optimistic and excited to see what that may be. I mean, he's had a few matches on Dark. He's good. He, you know, I, I think Jim Cornette would call him a garbage deathmatch wrestler, but um, he, he, I think for what he does, he does like a lot of the Necro Butcher type stuff. I, I like it. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that fucking mud show. Uh, yes. The Outlaw Mud Show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Outlaw Mud Show bullshit. <laughs> there it is. Yep. It's interesting, though, because Luther is one of those guys that kind of flies under the radar or has, at least for, for a casual AEW viewer like me. And he reminds me of uh, Midian from uh, back in the Attitude Era over in the WWE that, like, has a connections to a lot of people that you don't know about. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. Midian was a weird cat. So I, I, I guess I guess I see the the parallel there. All right, well, let's move on to the third and final question in our news and notes from around the ring. Moving to the NWA, 
They had a title change hands this past Tuesday on Fight TV during what they're calling United Wrestling Network's primetime live special. Who did Trevor Murdoch beat for the NWA National Championship? Um. Oh, God, I forget his current name. He used to be Damian Sandow in WWE. Um, Aaron Stevens. Yep, that's right. For three points, uh, Aaron Stevens. Uh, former Damian Sandow. What do we guys, uh, like I said, this is showing up on Fight TV, and they're, I, from what I understand, it's not just NWA matches. They've got a couple of other smaller federations that are taking part in this. In this day and age in 2020, what do we think is some of the best options for feds that can't get on television? Uh, you know, NWA is is a pretty good one. Who else doesn't have television? I think most people have television. It's just the degree of of reach that their television has because i would also you know i would probably also put uh ring of honor in there too i've actually really been enjoying their shows since they they started doing the um what is it the pure championship so i think that those are two really good options for you know if you can't maybe get a booking on AEW, which it seems like if listen if warhorse can get a booking on AEW. Come on. Well, right, and I think because AEW is bringing in a lot of guys, and they just you know keep them on dark. You know what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. and or put them in the freaking crowd, and you know what I mean. So they're taking on a lot of talent. Uh, I do like uh, the NWA option, though. Uh, you know, I think it's almost option and impact in my opinion because i know impact has a television angle going and they have that but i it's just cringy and i'm just gonna throw this out there shout out to trevor murdoch had no idea he was still going until you until that question i I did not know of trevor murdoch's work at all but i did watch essentially the entire run of nwa before the pandemic put the squash on them and in the few episodes as they tried to develop something mid-pandemic that totally failed since then i have not been paying attention but i have a feeling that i'd really enjoy the trevor murdoch versus uh aaron stevens match um you know i still like a lot of the indies that i find on youtube and i don't know which ones of those are surviving the pandemic unfortunately i don't uh have a a method that i use to keep the uh, good enough tabs on them and it's interesting too because uh as i mentioned earlier impact wrestling just had victory road uh and they did that exclusively on their impact plus app which is much like a, a smaller version of the wwe network but they also do stuff on twitch so there's a lot of interesting options now for wrestling federation as long as you got cameras can i also just bring up a a a quick conspiracy theory because i still believe that elias is a secret character of damian sandow (laughs) we haven't seen him on wwe tv in weeks and now he's shows up in the nwa i'm just saying i'm just saying i feel like elias is much taller they look goddamn identical in the face i still think of elias as uh Rollins having fallen into uh, Ninja Turtle ooze or something. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know Damien Sandow is a fantastic stunt double. His run with The Miz where people are putting him in holds and he's re- recreating the whole. It's just the great. That's the dumbest thing that I've seen that has also made me go, okay, that's fucking funny, though. Absolutely. Yeah, that's w- when stupid accidentally works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah professional wrestling everybody all right at the end of uh three rounds and going into our final fall nate you are in the lead with 13 justin you've got nine points and shawnee you have yet to get on the board however this final fall as always is worth 10 points 
It is a question with one answer. And uh, as always, I will ask you guys to private message me the answer over uh, over Discord, and then we will figure out who's got the most points at the end. Shawnee, Justin, Nate, are you ready? Yeah. Yes. Obviously not. <laughs> All business this week. All right. Over on Ronda Rousey's YouTube page this week, she shared footage of her the night before the SummerSlam match she had against Alexa Bliss when she snuck into NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. What famous WCW champion did she get to meet while she was there? Go ahead and pop that in the chat to me, and uh, I will uh, kill some time. This is typically where I would ask Erica if there was anything we'd missed. And uh, she'll fill us in on what's going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But uh, I would like to say that we do miss Erica, even though I seem to have kept things uh, pretty pretty basic, pretty pretty under control this morning. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. And uh, invite you guys once again to check out the One Fall Show's Super Universe mode over on twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio, as well as on our YouTube page at One Fall Show. That's right. You can And you can join us live on Saturdays at 4 p.m. if you want to have some kind of input on uh, which of the matches we end up calling for that day. And by the way, this week on Super Universe Mode, a very important championship match. And I got to tell you, there was genuine excitement calling this match. It was a lot of fun. You would not think watching the computer play the game and then just, you know, trying to call it would be as entertaining as it has turned into, especially when it's uh, one of our created characters or a story that we're super into. It's funny you say that because I spent my childhood doing just that. I was that weird kid with the PlayStation 2 with sports games and wrestling games. I would let the computer go and call the damn match more than I would actually play it. Well, then you need to join us on Super Universe, Justin. I never said I wasn't going to. All right. Sounds like it's right up the alley of just about all of us, except maybe Erica. I think Erica would be side-eyeing us and calling us nerds at this point. That's fine. I'm willing to accept that. So we've got, I've got our answers for the final fall here, um, which, once again, the question being, Ronda Rousey sharing footage of the night before her SummerSlam match against Alexa Bliss from a couple years ago, where she met a famous WCW champion at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Shawnee? You did not get the correct answer, but I love your guess. So I'm going to give you at least a point. So at least you're on the board before this game is over. And that answer was Big Van Vader. <laughs> that would have been absolutely. Wouldn't he have been dead at that point? <laughs> Which would make it even more stunning. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're telling me that Big Van Vader's dead? I'm sorry, Sean. What the hell have I been watching? <laughs> we have moments of silence for uh, Dick Togo, but. He doesn't even know Vader's dead. (laughs) (laughs) You guys ever see that match when a fucking cowboy pops his eyeball out? That is some gross shit. Yeah. Anyone who's a wrestling fan should have seen that by now. (laughs) And if you haven't, go find it. That's not on the network, is it? I I don't think it is, but it's definitely on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the fact that the fact that just Leon casually pops his eye back into his skull, finishes the match, and then you know, just contrast that with Sin Cara uh, jamming his fingers. You know, fifteen years later, that was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Brutal that he quit. It's brutal that he was like, I can't finish the match. <laughs> you pair that against uh, Ray Mysterio and his fake ass eyeball from the Extreme Rules Horror Show oh, earlier Jesus. this year. Why'd you have to bring that up? That's just depressing. 
All right. Well, both uh, Justin and Nate with the correct answer. The, uh, Nate saying it was the greatest WCW champion of in history, David Arquette. That's right. Justin also getting that one. So 10 points for each of you, which brings our point totals to Shawnee with one, Justin with 19, and Nate with 23. Boom! That's right! Nate Bender, welcome back to the uh, the champion. This is your 11th championship win. Goddamn right it is. It might be 12th. Let's, let's be honest. It's another case of when stupid accidentally goes right. <laughs> <laughs> and we have our show title. I give you 60 seconds on the clock, Nate. Go ahead and let us know about anything we missed this week or, you know, just uh, bask in your own glory. All right. The only thing I'm going to plug here is that I am, again, live streaming on Twitch. Uh, I've made my big return back to twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. And I would like to invite all of the listeners of the One Fall Show to join me. I'm not always playing uh, WWE 2K19. I'm also playing uh, Fallout 76 as well as some Final Fantasy 14. Getting all caught up on Shadowbringers. And uh, a little bit later on, I'll probably play some of the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Uh, maybe some Cyberpunk 2077. And uh, making improvements to the stream the entire time. So make sure you join me. Twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. Justin, it's been a, a long and joyous title reign for both you and your sunshine buddy partner, but uh, it has come to an end this week. You've got 60 seconds on the clock. Go ahead and let us know how you feel. Well, first of all, I thought we had a separate segment where we plug our shit, but I guess Nate's combining the two. Secondly, one thing I will bring up from wrestling, uh, as much as I love this Roman Reigns and uh, uh, Jay Uso rivalry, uh, and I didn't hate the finish of the match per se, just so they can set up a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, the finish of that match went on for way too long. Like Roman beating up on Jay and yelling at him and Jimmy screaming from outside. It just, it dragged on. Okay, do so, either someone throw in the towel, Jimmy get in there, finish something. There were, it, was, it felt like 15 minutes of Roman just standing over him yelling at him. So I would... And it, I was like, okay, please don't let this ruin the storyline. I don't think it will, but that just dragged down way, way too long. And again, I'll say Alexa Bliss and The Fiend, the best thing going on in wrestling right now. And I am crazy excited about The Fiend and Kevin Owens facing this week. Two, one, my 60. <laughs> I uh, I have to hand it to Nate. Last week... Uh, we discussed whether we were ready for the potential of this being a squash match. And Nate essentially said, uh, in order for it to work, he needed to see um, Roman come over as diabolically powerful. And he didn't know how that could happen without a squash match. And we got to see how that could happen without a squash match. So that's why I believe that in a tight two-hour show, which I am a big fan of, let me say, uh, that I don't think that ending did go on too long. I think it did exactly what it needed to do, which was continue to reinforce the idea that Roman Reigns is doing some twisted wrong shit. And that's the biggest stamp he's ever had on his character uh, because his character has been so one dimensional. All right, let's go back around the room before we leave here. Shawnee, where can people find you online? Oh, uh, they can find me on Instagram at Shawnee.constant and they can find me running the one fall show Twitter page. Uh, Justin, how about you? On social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and JV sports talk.com. And Nate's going to take another 60 seconds to plug some more shit. I was going to say, Nate, was there anything you didn't plug before that you need to plug now? At Nate Bender, I'm on Twitter at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. Done. Bye. 
All right. It's been all business this week. And uh, my name is Chuck Bean. I've been your host. You can, of course, find me on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash Chizuk playing uh, some rock band three on Sunday afternoons. And you can find me Monday through Saturdays from seven to midnight on 101 WRIF in Detroit City, as well as part of the Nerd Radio podcast, this podcast and talk horror to me. Thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Congratulations, Nate, on your 11th title victory. And we'll catch you guys next week for another one fall show. Jesus, no shenanigans in this one. <laughs> no, it was definitely all business. Uh, <laughs> this is this may in fact be our shortest episode ever. Works for me. When I was hanging out with Will yesterday, he and I talked about doing a watch along podcast, and we were like really frustrated because we were like, "How could we like ha- like post episodes raw with our commentary on it?" There's no way that we would be able to do that. That would definitely get pulled down from YouTube. And then I thought about it a little bit more this morning and I was like, well, fuck, we could just do it like Rift Tracks does it where we're just recording our commentary and we tell them when to sync it up. And that's it because Jim Cornette does the same thing. And I've yep. watched like four of those watch alongs and I'm like, this is really fucking fun. So Will and I might at some point. Uh, maybe next week after Super Universe, do like an episode or two of the like one hour Monday Night Raws and maybe try to start doing a watch along thing. Forgot to pimp my uh, Patreon again. I got uh, Shawnee Comments Bootleg Sticker Club where uh, for $5 a month, you can give me $5 a month and I'll send you some stickers based off of uh, things that we say here on the One Fall Show. And uh, presumably... Some behind-the-scenes stuff, as I have learned just this very day. <laughs> well, there you go. I think you just recorded it. Just yeah. cut out, cut out all of the kayfabe bullshit, and then that goes at the end. That. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that was the plan. Okay, <laughs> cool. All right, just checking. I, f- I feel like Erica's the one every week that says, "All right, guys, I got to go," and everyone follows. And now that we don't have her, we're just Enough. staring at our computer, like, "Yeah." So, what do you want to do now? <laughs>